your brand new head football coach. Redeemer Radio 95.7 Studios in the shadows of the Golden Dome. This is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Well, we weren't originally scheduled to do a show today, but I mean, wow, this last week. We have uh, no choice. Brian Kelly bolts for LSU. Marcus Freeman officially promoted to head football coach of the Irish 25 hours ago. This week feels like a century, but by the end of the week, by tomorrow afternoon, there's still two more days left in this week. Notre Dame will also find out if they have a chance to win a national championship this season as they look to sneak in to the college football playoff if they get some help today. Welcome to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where Eubank does matter. I'm Angel DiCarlo. Thanks for joining us this morning because we weren't originally scheduled to have a show today. Kevin Downey is off. He actually has a confirmation for one of his kids today. So congratulations to the Downey family. Tom Noy from the South Bend Tribune filling in this week. And uh, hello. Wow. (laughs) What a week. Uh, You've been on these parts for some time. Uh, Ever experience a week quite like this around Notre Dame athletics? I have been with the South Bend Tribune for 29 years and have basically done and seen it all, whether it was the game of the century in 1993 Lou Holtz's resignation in a carnival tent outside Notre Dame Stadium when he stepped away, a five-overtime game against Louisville, Notre Dame women winning a national championship with Arika Ogumbawale. I have seen nothing that comes anywhere close to what we've done here in the last seven days. Seven days ago today, Anj, I'm waking up, opening the curtains in my hotel room, and watching the sunrise over San Francisco Bay, getting <laughs> getting ready for Stanford, the Stanford game and the season finale, and that was when life s- basically ceased being normal for any of us media folks around Notre Dame. Yeah, unbelievable. I, it was. It's been. It has truly been crazy. And uh, who would have thought? And I think if you would have asked us one week ago, uh, actually, in fact, Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated was on with us in the show last week, and we asked him if, uh, let's just say Brian Kelly left, <laughs> you know, because we were joking about, you know, the question Priester asked and him saying mm-hmm. fairy godmother and all that, and we said, what if he just left? Who's next head coach? And we both go, eh, it's Luke Fickle. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. But then you start figuring out the timeline, right? and you realize – that is impossible with this new format of where signing day is. I mean, Luke Fickle may have been Jack Swarbrick's top pick, but you couldn't wait for him. And I think we've learned, I'm not positive on this, Luke Fickle seems like the type that wasn't going to do what Brian Kelly did, and he wasn't going to leave until, at the very least, Cincinnati's chances of uh, winning the national title were over. If this is not December 4th, and let's say it's January, pick a date, 12th, and all the dominoes fall the way they did this week? Absolutely. Look, Luke Fickle is number one on the list and probably Jack Swarbrick's top target and probably the next coach at the University of Notre Dame. But, again, in this business, timing is everything, and the timing of Brian Kelly leaving for LSU prohibited Jack Swarbrick from really doing anything else but what he did because he's not – you can't wait for Luke Fickle until mid-January. No. With this signing class, with the transfer portal being what it is, and, you and, had to go get a guy 
right now. And, and with a chance to still make the playoffs. <laughs> oh, by the way, Notre Dame could win a national championship. Which, we don't know what's going to happen on Sunday, what's going to happen later today, but would you want to play this Notre Dame football team that, right now? Exactly. They, Heck no. By the way, that's the funny part. <laughs> we may talk about it later or more, but if the committee's criteria is about players and coaches maybe un being unavailable and available, and we were all going crazy for a couple of days saying this is ridiculous, it actually may have improved. Mm -hmm. Because now if you have to look at it, you have to look at it as, hmm, I think this team's inspired and actually may be even better than they, they were a week ago because of that. If you have any doubt and you're on that college football playoff selection committee, Go back and watch that minute-long video that Notre Dame released yesterday, right around this time yesterday morning, yep. with Marcus Freeman coming in the door at Notre Dame Stadium and greeting the players. If you have any doubt that Notre Dame could compete, that Notre Dame is ready to play whatever bowl game that they're assigned to, to uh, on Sunday, watch the video and say, whoa, if I'm team A, B, or C, I do not want to see Notre Dame on the other side of that bowl pairing, given what this program is right now and where it's headed under Marcus Freeman because, yeah, they could win two games. They could win a national championship. They could, could they beat Georgia? At this point, you can't put anything past this program. And, and we heard that at the beginning of the show. You heard the atmosphere just going <laughs> crazy. You know, not very often we're going to play a, a soundbite that's basically just cheering for 25 seconds. Right. But that epitomized everything. You could feel it by just hearing that noise. Meanwhile, then Marcus Freeman spoke to the team. So let's listen in on what Mark Fre Marcus Freeman said to the team, courtesy of Notre Dame Athletics. This is the first time I get to address you guys, right? And, and it's been a long it seems like centuries that I've been at home after me and Jack had this conversation. And, and I first off want to thank Jack for this opportunity. You know, he's the one that made this decision. Somebody had to make a decision, okay? And he gave me this opportunity. And Father Jenkins gave me this opportunity, right? But the reason why it was because of you. Everybody understand that? The reason why I'm standing here is because of you. And it's unbelievable how powerful you guys are. Right? It's unbelievable how powerful your voices are. That's why we're going to do great things, because we've got great leaders in this room. You understand? Know we've got great leaders in this room. Okay? And when you want something done, you get it done. That's on the football field, that's off the football field, that's in leadership, that's in everything we do. When you guys want something done and you come together and you say, I'm going to get something done, we get it done. Right? So the same thing's going to happen as we move forward. Right? Things aren't changing, man. We're going to enhance what we do, but things aren't changing. We're going to lead. We're going to lean on our leadership. And you leaders know who you are, right? We're going to lean on you because what you guys want to get done is going to get done, all right? And we're going to set high expectations, and we're going to do everything in our power to make sure we equipped ourselves to reach that. And then the next mission is going to occur. 48 hours. I don't care who we play, okay? I don't care who the opponent is. In 48 hours, right, we're going to get together, and we're going to get going for this mission. We owe it to the Chiefs. This isn't about the future. Let's be clear. This, this, that's a disservice to this group. This isn't about the future. This isn't about next year. This ain't about five years from now. It's about right now. It's about finishing this season off the right way for your seniors. Everybody clear. I don't care about anything else. Right? We all got a job to do. I care about us and this group and this coaching staff and this football family finishing this thing off the way we have to. Wow. 
Let's go play right now. I'm I mean, ready. Brian Kelly, uh, when he got introduced at LSU, <laughs> said, uh, I'm not trying to win the first meeting. Well, Marcus Freeman won the first meeting, uh, to say the least. And one of the things we did not talk about is, we you know, we said Jack Swarbrick's kind of hands were almost tied. He had no choice. But one of those reasons was the players. Right. Tweeting constantly, Freeman, Freeman, Freeman era. Let's go, let's go, let's get Marcus. Tweeting pictures of him. I mean, and then the fan base. I, I can't believe... I mean, I haven't checked ndnation.com, but I, I can't. <laughs> they, they may be the <laughs> don't. Ones, they might be the ones that are against it. I'm not sure, but for the most part, it's almost like it's so unified that mm-hmm. he was the right pick in all this, and it started with the players. How much, how much passion they had, both defensive and offensive guys. I hope we don't go down the road like four, four three, four, five years from now and say. Marcus Freeman didn't work out because of this, this, and this. But because, like Marcus Freeman said in that clip, for right now, where this program is, where this coaching staff is, where these players are, he's the right guy. Because when you when you talk about a coaching search and you say, well, you know, look at this team or look at that team, they're looking for a new football coach. M- most of the time, almost all of the time, they're looking for a coach because their program wasn't good enough. This is a program that's that's riding an all-time high, double-digit wins, five years in a row, which has never been done. Like, this program could not be in any better shape for a guy like, like Marcus Freeman to carry over the continuity of what they've done in 20, what they did in 21, what they still may do this year. That's why he's the guy at this time. All right, Ellie Glasman is uh, on the other side of the glass. He's always our voice of the fans. So, uh, Ilya, you were uh, touting uh, Marcus Freeman from Freeman. The get- <laughs> you were you were touting it from the get go. I imagine you're pretty pleased with the way uh, this last few days have transpired. After the first few days, tell us, uh, give us the voice of the fan in terms of the roller coaster that's gone on for you. Well, I'm uh, I'm pretty ecstatic, and obviously, um, it was Monday, and uh, all I saw on Twitter was, oh, the rumors about Brian Kelly. And I was like, "What? what's going on here? And everyone's like, he's going to LSU. He's going to LSU. I was like, no, that can't be right. And then 20 minutes later, oh, it's official. <laughs> I'm like, what? What just happened? Like, what is going on? I'm freaking out. I'm like, I've in my lifetime, I've never seen this program do what they're doing right now. And I knew that if what happened next, if – Notre Dame didn't do it correctly, it could all fall apart. Yeah. And we'd start yep. from square one essentially all over again. And that's why I was telling Angelo and a lot of people that I believe that Freeman is the best hire because to keep whatever together is And what was my initial response? Fickle. Yeah. You yeah. are fickle. Fickle And that was that was Tuesday that was Tuesday and then uh it wasn't that long after all of a sudden I'm saying, you know what? I think it is Fr- Freeman makes the most sense because mm-hmm. Of all these scenarios, I mean, like Ilya said, you would—I don't know if you'd be starting over. Maybe that's a—maybe that's going too far. But you would have lost a lot. of All the, of that. You would have lost a lot of the momentum. I still think you would have been in a good place. Yeah, if it was fickle, if it indeed was fickle, that was my number two head coach in my power rankings. Um, <laughs> power. power rankings. My, your power. Yeah, I had a power rankings of who I. So wanted. you had a list while jo- Jack Swarbrick didn't have a list. No list. Was, Jack didn't have a list. I, He's got a list. I had a list. I had a list. <laughs> uh, but anyways, but to even point out to uh, Tom's point, if this makes sense to you guys, what Marcus brings, the potential reward of what he could bring, it I believe outweighs the risk that comes with hiring Freeman. 
if yeah. that makes sense to you. Well, the potential reward is he takes that next level. You get you get that energy boost that you need mm -hmm. enough to energize the guys that the current team can make a run here, and then all suddenly, of course. In recruiting, right. you know, Brian Kelly was not a recruiter's type of head coach. That's, I mean, everyone has said that. Mm -hmm. Marcus Freeman is. So if you can get four or five more Kyle Hamiltons and Michael Mayers, wow, that makes a big difference all of a sudden here in the next couple of years. He will recruit. He will go get the guys that are needed to not only sustain what they've done the last five years, but, but to take it maybe to the next level and to get – to a national championship game to get into the college football playoff routinely and uh, look they they may go for the third time in four years tomorrow we have no idea but but to do that continuously and to challenge seriously for a national championship for the first time since 1988 maybe that happens maybe it doesn't but at this again at this time Marcus Freeman is the guy we like we said we couldn't they couldn't wait on Luke Fickle they couldn't wait on anybody else that might have been on the list so let's go with Marcus Freeman and keep what they have here because what they have here right now is, is pretty darn good. 35 years old, Ohio State alum, NFL career ended because of a heart defect, coached at Kent State and Purdue before becoming defensive coordinator at Cincinnati. First-time head coach. Uh, obviously, that previously hasn't worked. Bob mm -hmm. Davey, Charlie Weiss. But, again, this program is in a much better position now than both of those situations, even – I think this program is in a better situation now than even what Bob Davey took over when, when Holtz mm -hmm. left. I mean, that's before my time a little bit, but I, I think they might be, Tom. What do you think? I remember the Bob Davey press conferences on a Sunday morning, and I, I, could, I can't recall just the energy and the electricity and the enthusiasm to have Bob Davey as a head coach. That didn't work out. Same thing with Charlie Weiss. Like, Charlie Weiss walked in the door, and the first thing Charlie Weiss thought he needed to do was to flash all his Super Bowl rings and say, I can get you guys to play on Sunday afternoons. Well, he forgot about playing on Saturday afternoons, so that's why <laughs> that didn't work. I just think Marcus Freeman gets it. We're, we're not able to speak with Marcus very often on the Notre Dame football yeah. beat. I think he's talked once during the regular season, but in the times that he has spoken with us, you cannot help but be impressed and say, man, this guy gets it. It's funny you say that. That's my – I'll come up with a real question for my number one. My number two question would be, will you allow your assistant coaches to talk to the media during the season? Maybe maybe a whole new door opens up for us media guys <laughs> as far as access for Notre Dame football. And that would be beneficial to the fans as yes, well because they'll hear from a lot more. Um, okay, part of, uh, part of the reason that this is going to work, many people think, is that we said a lot of stuff is staying together. Mm -hmm. And one of those things is the coaching staff. Unbelievable seeing uh, all the different coaches. Brian Kelly sounded like he was going to try to pick off everybody. <laughs> he hasn't gotten one of them. He may get Jeff Quinn, right. and everyone's going to be like, sure, okay. Have him. There <laughs> you go. Take him. We'll so, help you pack for Baton Rouge. So – so it's unbelievable, and it started with Tommy Reese. It sounds like this was a one-two punch with Freeman and Reese, and, man, did T Tommy Reese win that first uh, welcome back, and I'm here to stay. Let's listen to what Tommy Reese had to say to the Notre Dame players. I love you guys. I love this place. I believe that we can win a national championship here, and I'm committed to doing everything we can to get to that point. I know it's been a hell of a week for you guys. It's been a hell of a week for a lot of us that are part of this place. But 
Um, this is where my heart is, and my heart's with you guys. I care too much to leave this place. This is where I want to be. This is where I want to win a national championship. And I want to be able to tell you guys in person. All right, now some of you might be happy, some of you might be pissed. I don't know, I guess how you said The most important thing to me was that you guys heard from me up front and that you guys had confidence in me going forward, okay? We have work to do this year. We got a lot ahead of us. And for the guys that are coming back, let's go win a national championship here at Notre Dame. Everybody good? We had to get the bleeper out a yes, little bit. Yes, take so. that, take that nasty word out. Yeah, uh, but Tommy Reese, you could see the passion there. So mm-hmm. hopefully, not too many people offended. But you, you see, you see the passion and the excitement. Man, does that guy? I mean, he bleeds blue and gold to the T. I still remember being in the locker room after the national championship loss in 2012, and you had all access. You could interview whoever you wanted, mm-hmm. talking to every player. Reese was obviously not the starting quarterback at that point. Ever Golson was, and I point blank asked Tommy on camera, what's your future hold? Are you going to try to transfer to go play somewhere else? He goes, no, I'm a Notre Dame man. I'm staying. And that was as a backup. Now, eventually – few months later Everett Golson gets kicked out of school and becomes the starter again but he wasn't even leaving and you don't see that very often from a quarterback where you lose the opportunity and you say you're gonna you're gonna stick it out as the backup after being the starter for two years essentially I think from a financial standpoint Tommy Reese was pulled heavily toward LSU and Brian Kelly but at the end of the day he he just kind of looked at it and said you know what this decision is going to be made for more than just money and I I can't leave here at this moment with these. Like, he may eventually leave and go to the NFL, but at this moment, again, he believes that he can still do a lot of really good things at Notre Dame. And it was interesting where Matt Bayless, we forgot to mention Matt Bayless, he was really the first domino to fall as far as the staff, retaining the staff. And it went Matt Bayless, Tommy Reese, and then there was kind of a lull. And then you started thinking, there's no official confirmation that Marcus Freeman is the head coach, at, the new head coach at the University of Notre Dame. But if Matt Bayless is staying and Tommy Reese is saying he's staying, Marcus Freeman's obviously the guy. Like, yeah, and then especially when Els- Mike Elston mm-hmm. tweets that he's staying, then you're like, okay, this is guaranteed. Yeah, you know where this is headed. There's no way the next head coach is coming in <laughs> right. and, okay, sorry, sir, these are all your assistants, right? So Welcome was- to Notre Dame. By the way, you got to keep this guy and this, this guy, guy and this guy. And everybody. And, and certainly keeping – First of all, Bayless is huge because you know Brian Kelly wanted him. Brian Kelly last night dismissed LSU strength and conditioning coach. So, really? I didn't yeah, see that. Yeah, that wow. came out late. And their uh, wide receiver coach left for Nebraska. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but the strength and conditioning coach had been there for 30 years. So he had been a part of all three national championships. So you know he was probably wanting Bayless. Absolutely. And, and it makes sense that he would. But Matt Bayless, uh, that first domino, as you mentioned. But Mike Elston with Brian Kelly since 2004. Yeah. But, man, that man's got roots here now. Yes, he's a he Michigan guy, but he's a Notre Dame guy, and his family loves living in South Bend, and he didn't want to go, and they made sure he stuck around. Is it too early to start talking about Brian Kelly? No, I mean, we're going to talk about it in the, the very next segment. Okay. So give me give me, give me me this real quick. The well, well, first of all, Lance Taylor, John McNulty, Mike Mickens, Chris O'Leary, all reportedly back. I would give media outlets credit for who reported what, but 
who can remember who anyone. knows who remembers who remembers who reported what because everybody's had a different thing let me let me let me ask you this uh, it looks like Brian Polium will probably leave for Lafayette Lafayette which is my stomping ground so that's nice. cool to hear uh Jeff Quinn I assume will end up with Brian Kelly at LSU in some capacity and I don't know what to expect from Dell Alexander that's kind of the We'll we'll see in that regard. And somewhere along the line, you, we, you've you've mentioned all the re, the assistants that are coming back. Somewhere along the line, Marcus Freeman will have to get one or two of quote his guys just to. Just well, he's to got have Mickens it. as he's one. Got, yeah, Mickens will stay. Maybe it would, like who's going to be defensive coordinator? Mike Elston? Is it Mike Mickens? Is it a combination of both? But one or two guys that that Marcus Freeman has coached with or has known has to become part of the staff just because it's like, okay, I, I've I've worked with this guy forever or I've known this guy forever. I've always wanted to coach with whoever it is. I want to bring him to Notre Dame. But to just just to, to the, the Brian Kelly point is I, I think he overestimated or, or let me say he, he underestimated what the power of the University of Notre Dame means to guys like Tommy Reese, to guys like Mike Elston to Mike Mickens, to Matt Bayless, to whoever else he wanted to bring. Because I think Brian Kelly thought, it, well, it's it's a, it's a, a it's job. A business. It's a business. It's a job. It's yeah. a job. It's coaching football. If you're going to coach football in South Bend, you're going to go coach football in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And the decisions by all these people said, it's something. It, there's just something different about coaching at Notre Dame as opposed to running away and going to LSU. No, that's a that's a very good point. Uh, big thank you to Tyrac for their support of our internship program that we run with students from St. Joseph and Marion High Schools here in Michigan. The students receive practical college-level internship experience, helping out with our broadcast of high school football. Wouldn't be possible without the underwriting support from the folks at Tyrac. More tires, great prices. Visit Tyrac. Com. All right, our poll question was, do you have more confidence in Notre Dame winning a national championship in the next five years now versus a week ago? And this was a landslide. <laughs> 85% said more confident. 1% said less confident. 1% and 14% said uh, their opinion hasn't changed. So what say you? Are you more confident of the potential of winning a national championship now than uh, a week ago? I'm leaning toward yes, but I want to hear what Marcus Freeman says when he meets with us on Monday as far as his vision of this program and the, the ability to challenge for a national championship. Because under Brian Kelly, you always felt that he felt there was a ceiling to this program. Yeah. Like they could get close they could be in the discussion. They could be in the conversation. But there was a point where they, there was a hurdle that they couldn't clear for whatever reason, whether it was the administration's uh, ability to offer everything that program needed. I don't know what it was, but, but with, with Brian Kelly, it was always like, yeah, we're going to be 10-2, and 11-1, and 12-0, but I don't know if they can get over that hurdle. I think Marcus Freeman's going to be like, we're clearing that hurdle. We're going to find a way, and we're going to win. I think there were a lot of doors that were closed mm -hmm. on campus for Charlie Weiss and Brian Kelly that I think are going to be open for Marcus Freeman because it seems like campus is behind this too. There's a vibe on campus that are like, this is great, mm -hmm. and everyone's excited. And suddenly that opens up doors. I don't know what doors that is, but if things can be a little bit easier, then – that makes everything a little bit easier, and that may open up some opportunities for him to, to, to get what he needs. Like maybe it'll be a lot easier to get the Goog renovated ASAP. That's got to be near the top. Which is the football complex, which is way outdated, and it was kind of outdated almost immediately. <laughs> um, they have an auditorium. There's no place for these guys to eat. Uh, there's Or no kind of study. 
Which like is, they're studying in meeting rooms. Which, by the way, I don't know if you know, but studying at Notre Dame is kind of a big deal. A little bit. So having a place where they actually can like lounge and have a lot of good space is is important, and they haven't had that. And I know some people are going to say, what more do they need? They have so much already, and they do have a lot. But you got to remember the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the LSUs. They have all those things, so those things make a difference. I thought uh, uh, Ian Book was hilarious on the uh, Mick Asoff Twitter spaces on uh, whatever it was, Monday, <laughs> Monday or night. Tuesday. I can't even remember anymore. And he said, are you really are you really not coming to Notre Dame because of a meeting room? So he like pointed it out, and that's probably true, but again, it can help as that little extra thing that helps. All right, um, we got to get to commercial break. <laughs> we will talk more. We're going to actually talk a little bit about Brian Kelly more so in the next segment, but we're going to talk more about Freeman and the direction of Notre Dame, and we're going to talk about the college football playoff and the possibility here for Notre Dame and what has to happen today for the Irish to uh, sneak into the college football playoff. We'll be right back here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. The golden rule. When you schedule a financial checkup with Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, our people will be helpful and honest and kind. They will look for ways to save you money, and when your checkup is complete, they will send $150 to Redeemer Radio. For more info, visit NotreDameFCU.com slash elevate. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Welcome back on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Angel DiCarlo, Tom Noy from the South Bend Tribune filling in for Kevin Downey, Ilya Glasman on the other side of the glass. Of course, we're talking about, uh, unless you were in a hole for the last week, Marcus Freeman, the new head coach at Notre Dame, Brian Kelly bolting to LSU. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about Brian Kelly this segment, but uh, we, one thing we did not get to mention last segment that I wrote down on my notes that I did want to bring up. If Notre Dame sneaks into the playoff, obviously they're going to face Georgia. I should, yeah. I don't see a probably. Scenario. I don't see a scenario where it's not Georgia. I guess, um, but I guess if all chaos happens, it's possibility they play Cincinnati and it's Notre Dame. It's Marcus Freeman versus Luke <laughs> Fickle. What? Who knows? Maybe the way this year is going, that's a possibility. But they face Georgia, and obviously, yes, we think they have the passion, the excitement to win. But certainly, they can lose, and they can lose badly in that game. Absolutely, we've seen that dance before. And then they open next season at Ohio State. Marcus Hello. Freeman's alma mater, and it's Ohio State. It is possible, very possible, probably more likely than not likely, that Marcus Freeman in that scenario could start 0-2 in his career. And my question to you, Tom, is if that were to happen, would the honeymoon be over already for Marcus Freeman? Heck no. All right. No, no, no. And if I'm Jack Swarbrick right now, and maybe even before – no, if if Brian Kelly was still the coach, I think you stand pat. But if, I, if I'm Jack Swarbrick, I'm trying to figure out if there are some puzzle pieces you can move around the board – and get a week zero game before the oh. Ohio State game. Move the Marshall game. Move the game against Cal. I don't know if they're going to get it, though. You need, like, yeah. an exception to that. Or you, it, where are you going to play that? Are you going to move that game to Ireland, uh, Marshall and Ireland, to get Can you Can you somehow find a way to play a game before the Ohio State game? Because, again, you're – you're the University of Notre Dame, and you've done everything the last five years, and now you're going to go play Ohio State in the season opener, and fans fans are going to be upset that you're going to lose that game? 
Now, if you're playing Ohio State at Notre Dame Stadium and that comes and then you come up short, yeah, okay, you have a, you have a reason to say, boy, what's going on? But you're you're going to Columbus, Ohio, in front of a hundred whatever thousand. It's going to be on national TV. God knows, knowing Notre Dame, it's going to be be played played at night, like they always play games at night now. That's a little too big of an well, ask. That could be a big noon kickoff. It could actually. be. I would. I'm I'm hoping for a big noon kickoff. Fox, if you're listening, and again, why wouldn't you be? <laughs> Put that game at noon, please, for deadline purposes. But, but again, to to, to lose at Ohio State, I, do you really think? Do you really think Notre Dame has is going to go into the, the horseshoe and beat Ohio State? Now again, maybe Luke Fickle's coaching Ohio State. Maybe Ryan Day goes to the NFL. Yeah, we have no know. idea what's going on. Yeah, so did, you I may did. you look at Ohio State now and you say, yeah, no chance. Come September, you you might say. Yeah, Notre Dame's got a real shot. I don't know if I say no chance. I think they could uh, do it. I'm just saying it would be interesting mm-hmm. to see if that scenario happens, what would, would happen because of it. All right, let's talk about Brian Kelly. <laughs> where, do, where do we start? Wow. Well, all right. First of all, 12 seasons, 113 wins, all-time winningest coach in Notre Dame history. That includes 27 vacated wins. <laughs> Does Notre Dame have some fun with this and start – not acknowledging those 27 wins and saying all of a sudden New Rock needs the all-time winningest coach again. They could get, they could have some fun with this and just ignore it. I, I would be interested on that one. Um, 283 wins in 31 seasons. Here's the bottom line. He is leaving Notre Dame in a much better place yep. than when he got here. That should be part of his legacy. It will be almost more of a footnote in comparison to how he left and how angry everyone is with the way he left and why he left can't but in that situation can can you leave in any sort of really good classy dignified manner the way the, the, the that unfolded i don't I, I, just, know. I don't think you can well there is a way you just don't take the job yet but i think lsu now i again i think it's more than coincidence that Lincoln Riley takes the job oh, yeah. on Sunday. It's the same and agent. Brian Kelly takes the job on Monday, and they're represented by the same agent. Yeah. I think Trace Armstrong was moving stuff around and says, all right, this is how it's going to go. Lincoln Riley's going to USC on Sunday. Brian Kelly's going to LSU on Monday, and that's it. Well, but do you think that if LSU wanted Brian Kelly that badly, couldn't Brian Kelly have the leverage to say, hey, can we at least wait until – the season is over, or at least, uh, at least, I, if at least if we know until we make the playoffs or not, to make this ad- or to announce it. Well, I think he could have sure, but it would have been Monday at the latest, right? Because if you, there's no way they're waiting to January, right? Because same- no, I wasn't saying wait till January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wait till this upcoming Monday, Monday. to but find out hap- your playoff. Fate. Okay, what happens if they make the playoff then? Okay, then you got to wait, or at least for LSU, you got or Brian Kelly. If you're if you're looking, oh hey, you want to offer me this a hundred million dollar check, and uh, you want me that badly, like you're gonna have to wait. I think, but I think part of that payoff, part of the ten year ninety five million dollar contract, was the stipulation: we're LSU. We're not waiting. Yeah, you're just coming like, on Monday. Just like we're Notre Dame, you're not right. waiting. You're but, coming on. You're coming now when right. he took the job from Cincinnati. Look, this is here's the bottom line. I agree with Ilya in the sense mm-hmm. that if Brian Kelly, how you could have handled this differently is, hey guys, I want. I, I think I want this job, but I'm not taking it until our playoff chances are over, and that's the bottom line. And I think that's the approach Luke Fickle, either 
did take or would have taken if presented with the opportunity. And I think that's the difference. That's how you would handle it. You would have to have the conviction to say, I am waiting. Not, I'm not even, I'm not, let's not wait to announce it. I am waiting until this happens. If you got to go get somebody else, you got to go get somebody else. And Brian Kelly was not going to do that because he saw, you know, whatever you want to say about him, he feels I assume he feels he's got a better opportunity at LSU. He may say – he kind of was asked that direct question, do you think you have a better chance of winning a national championship at LSU than Notre Dame? And he didn't say yes to that. He actually said, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't categorize it that way. He said some other weird stuff, but he didn't say, <laughs> he didn't, he didn't say that one. So um, that's the only way I think I could see him handling it differently is he actually had to have the personal conviction mm-hmm. to say, guys, I want I, – I, I'm very interested, but I got to see if my team makes the playoff. Well, what's even crazier is that he didn't even come to Notre Dame with some sort of counteroffer. That's, yeah, that's, I'm not buying that one either. Look, he may not have, but I'm not buying Trace Armstrong didn't ask Jack Swerver get some. I don't know. I'm not saying. Well, I know that uh, the agent is very close to the athletic director at LSU. Well, I think he's as I think he's his agent also. I think Scott nice. Woodward is also Trace Armstrong's. Yeah. Client. Okay. So. So. Um, I so can see I, I why he I'm might not, not come to Notre Dame t- for a counteroffer. Well, that, well, yeah, but if he can, I, I don't know. I don't know if well, Notre no Dame way was Notre Dame was going to offer Brian Kelly ten years, a hundred million dollars. Right. No, I don't think they. Would. This, this is a situation where Brian Kelly, in in his mind, whether he wants to admit it or not, wanted to be wanted. Okay, and you're getting thrown $95 million in a 10-year contract, and your first instinct is, I'm taking it. Like, I'm, not ta- I'm taking this now because you, who knows what's going to happen later on down the line as far as waiting, but I want, I want a new challenge. Look, Brian Kelly is like any other coach in any other sport in college, in, N- in the NFL, whatever. They all believe, no matter how good their situation is at Notre Dame or Ohio State or name the school, they all believe they have one big move left in their careers Brian Kelly obviously did now that big move wasn't going to involve the NFL I think he came to grips with the fact that the NFL was not an option but if school a which turns out to be LSU comes knocking with a 10-year contract and close to 100 million dollars I don't care when it happens I don't care about the timing I don't care where I am sitting in a recruit's home eating burnt ends as he was that's I'm taking that offer and See you later, Notre Dame. Okay, you said he wanted to feel wanted. And at no point in 12 years, even despite being the winningest coach in Notre Dame history, did Brian Kelly ever feel the love from everybody at Notre Dame like Mike Freeman is feeling right now. Not even that first press conference. Never. 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 Not even close. And if he felt that, I don't think he's leaving for even a hundred million dollars, I think that's part of the factor. And again, we I'm not ta- blaming the and I'm not blaming the fan base for that. It's just the way it is. Marcus Freeman is endearing because of his personality. Brian Kelly can be endearing and can be off-putting. Sure, and there are multiple reasons for that. And we talked about the upgrades that maybe Marcus Freeman is going to get. We don't know behind the scenes how many times Brian Kelly went to Jack Swarbrick and said, Jack. For us to take the next step and be a contender every single year, I need this, this, and this for this program. And Jack Swarbrick said, no, no, maybe. We don't know. Or, yes, 
kind and, of. And we're going to get there. We'll see. And, and we and, haven't gotten there. And so Brian Kelly, and, and you could you can you could read between, between the lines with Brian Kelly's press conference in Baton Rouge on Wednesday when he time and again hammered the point home about the alignment between <laughs> head coach, administration, yeah. and athletic director, almost as if to say, hey, Jack Swarbrick, hey, Father Jenkins, this is how you commit big time to winning a national championship in college football. Which is hilarious because he talked about the alignment being great at Notre Dame for right. the last six weeks. Um, speaking of Brian Kelly, let's listen to what Brian Kelly had to say at his LSU press conference. It's never easy, right? I mean, these decisions are, it's my choice. You know, I own it, right? And, and um, it's 100% my decision. Um, those young men I love dearly, um, and um, it made it for a difficult decision. But when I was able to look at it, uh, and the opportunity here um, was one as I got a chance to really, um, as I mentioned earlier, talk to Scott about the resources and the opportunity here to really make a significant change. I believe that I can make a significant uh, difference here. And, and you want to be able to make a difference. Make a change, alignment, resources. I think what he was saying is, I like the fact that my hands aren't going to be tied. Right. You know, and, and that's what he was not happy with. And look, again, we can say whatever you want. There's a lot of negative stuff you could say. But I'm just trying, I think we're just trying to paint the picture of, of, of why he could have done this. You could feel like he shouldn't feel that way regardless, or you could disagree with that notion, but this is the stuff that probably created that over this period of time. And you know what? He probably felt annoyed in 2016 that he didn't think he should have to have to save his job. Reinvent himself. Reinvent himself, and obviously it works, so I would hope he would feel good about it, winning 54 games in five seasons after that. But, I, you know, I just think I just think he thought his hands were tied. Not knowing anything about how the inner workings of Louisiana State football works, Notre Dame and LSU are both perennial powers in this sport that want to chase national championships, that believe they can win national championships. But I think at, at, at the University of Notre Dame, they tell the head football coach, we want you to challenge for the national championship and we'll help you get there and do everything possible. But, whatever the but may be, at LSU, he goes to a state school that, again, plays in the SEC, that winning is all they should know every single week. And they say, Coach, we want to get you in a national championship, and we're going to do everything possible. Anything goes in the, in the SEC. Right. Anything. And there's also kind of like one other big factor that we're kind of missing out is ego. Ego plays well, a huge factor in this. And where I think that's part of – I think that's part of the he wanted to feel that love. Sure, right, and also he's but he's also thinking to himself when the offer comes, he's like, "Hey, I built this program with practically one hand tied behind my back to where, like, we're competing for a playoff spot basically year in year out. Imagine what I can do right when there's no hinges on me." Yep, and, and he said that in the clip where he kept saying, "I, I, I, I." <laughs> you know what? You can't be an eye guy at Notre Dame. It's just not going to work. All right. So. Let's uh, 
He was also asked if he's ready to be in the South <laughs> for the first time. Let's listen to Brian Kelly. I came down here because I wanted to be uh, with the best. Um, the resources here are outstanding. The it starts with the alignment, excellence, um, the standard of uh, expectation. This is, listen, you're 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 looked at in terms of championships here, and I want that. I want to be under the bright lights. I want to be on the Broadway stage. That's that's what my passion is, and so yeah, that's part of the draw. There's no doubt about that. Um, I'm going to learn about Louisiana. Um, my first day on Notre Dame's campus is when I took the job. Um, this is my first day in Louisiana. I didn't know what this meant until today. I know what it means today. And I'm going to learn a lot more as we go. Um, but our family, we're going to immerse ourselves into the culture of Louisiana. Um, we're not here to change anything. We're here to get changed by it. Apparently, he's got changed by it enough that he's got a southern accent. He's got that accent work. Yeah, that we saw from the uh, LSU basketball game that he had thrown out there. I want to be on the Broadway stage. Come on. Like, I – look, that's ridiculous. It is. Suey. That's, it that's is. A Bro okay, you, you want to be on the Broadway stage. Go look at an LSU schedule. Do they play anywhere north of Kentucky – in, in, in the regular season, go back a couple of years to Notre, where Notre Dame played. Notre Dame played in New York City. Well, that's Broadway. Chicago. Okay. Right there. They play in New York. <laughs> Chicago. They're going to play in Vegas next year. They're going to play in Vegas. They played in New York, Chicago, uh, Los Angeles, San Diego. They go all over the country. LSU. Nobody is knocking on Scott Woodward's door and saying, hey, how about an LSU game in SoFi Stadium in Inglewood? Not going to happen. Notre Dame goes everywhere. Notre Dame is Broadway when it comes to college football. I mean, it, it is literally like you could say Alabama is the best program, obviously. Mm -hmm. You could say LSU has won a lot of national championships. But Notre Dame is clearly, for better or for worse, the team. They're like the Cowboys. They're America's team. They are. They, the they're either loved or hated. They're the Yankees. They're the team that, that goes. But even more so than those teams – they literally travel. They have the Shamrock Series. They do these things that are totally for the purpose of expanding the mission of the university as a whole. You may disagree with actually – he may actually not like the fact that they're playing a game, uh, a neutral site against some teams when they're going into their you know, backyard and that could have been a home game mm -hmm. at Notre Dame. That's a different story. But to say they're not on the Broadway stage is – obscene it is obscene i thought he did his he was fairly good in the press conference but he had a couple of lines that were like what are you doing here bro yeah like seriously what do you do you remember where you were for the last 12 well years? no it, well that place they used to be at he said <laughs> at one point late in the press conference the pl you can't name them now by name <laughs> the lsu uh, yeah, I also forgot to mention, kind of uh, going back a little bit, that the SEC is about to get a huge influx of cash in yeah. 2025. Oh, they have money. When Texas and OU joins, and the SEC will finally fully move to ESPN um, rather than having that 330 CBS game. So that will also help in a couple years, Brian Kelly. And that probably played a huge role in him deciding LSU over Notre Dame as well. Yeah, I mean, these things are factors, but I just I couldn't believe 
He said that. All right. Uh, we got real quick here. Does the fan base ever get over this? Or is Brian Kelly going to be persona non grata forever? I wrote today in the Tribune, you know what? There's going to come a time, and it should be soon, that you just forget what Brian Kelly – like everybody likes – is picking apart. Look at his southern accent. Look at what he said here. Look at what he said there. Eventually they're going to say, well, look, look how he lost this game in the SEC or how they didn't make – they didn't convert this key play. Let it go. It, it, you have to just let it go. Brian Kelly's gone. Who cares what happens down in Baton Rouge? He may win a national championship. He may never win a national championship. But I think to, to, for people to, to be almost obsessed, and the message board people are the worst about it, about <laughs> what happens on a day-to-day, day-to-day basis with Brian Kelly. Look, he gave Notre Dame 12 really good years, but the time has come for him to move on, and everybody else should just do the same. You almost wish there was a scenario where he could have said, at, at the beginning of the year, he could have said, hey, guys, this is going to be my final year. I'm not done coaching. I love Notre Dame, but I feel like I just need a fresh start, and I'm going to I'm gonna look for another opportunity. I want Jack to figure out who he wants to be his next head coach. I want to close out the year, work it out. I don't know if that works. I feel like people go ballistic. They would. And I feel They'd like— They'd be like, get out of here right now. Right, right. And that maybe that's the only way. But, again, he didn't think he was— I, I, I very much believe— that he didn't think he was leaving immediately. Be- I mean, he literally just built a massive home a couple blocks off campus. Right. I mean, you don't do that if a year f- ago you said, mm, I think I'm done after this year. But you know what? In, in the, from a media standpoint, you start looking back at some of those Monday pressers that we've been at and how candid he was and how loose and relaxed. And, 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 well, yeah. And just – he was a different Brian Kelly lately, and was that the fact? It even, even that's because they're winning. It's it's because they're winning. But was he like, you know what? I'm done. I'm so done but with then, this. After even the Saturday last Saturday night when we're sitting in, we're sitting in the interview room, which is no bigger than this studio, post game, and he's joking about Jamesons. He's t- he's yeah. joking about well, playing BYU. I think he knows he's leaving at that was, point. Was, was did think. he know that he's jo- he's talking about how he was chugging the Gatorade out yeah. of the trophy? Like, that's, that was a Brian Kelly that we never saw, and it was a different type of Brian Kelly the last couple of weeks because maybe maybe the wheels had already been set in motion. I just I think, though, his mood this year and the last couple of years has been different because they've been winning. Mm-hmm. Because look at post-Cincinnati. He was not pleasant. Right. And then he sends the walk-ons out to talk and, you know, that Ugh. mess. We don't have to get into that, but that was absurd. So he's not good after losses. And it'll be interesting to see how he handles losing in the SEC. Because he's going to lose. If if he thought the scrutiny in South Bend from the media around here was harsh, in his words maybe, he's seen nothing yet when it comes to the SEC. All right, real quick for both of you guys. In the, the length of Brian Kelly's contract, 10 years, Brian Kelly win a national championship first, Notre Dame win a national championship first, or does neither win a national championship in the next 10 years? I'll say neither, and I'll say Brian Kelly does not coach the entire 10 years of the contract. Well, I, I would agree probably he doesn't coach. What do you think? It's it's honestly really difficult. I, I honestly think both of them win a national championship wow. within the next 10 years. But I think Freeman gets there first because at that poll question that you asked, yeah. I voted my opinion hasn't changed because my opinion has been, oh, Notre Dame is good enough to win a championship in the next 
three to five years. I truly believe that based on the talent that we have right now and um, the talent that's coming in, or not that we have right now, that Notre Dame has right now and the talent that is coming in. And also for the fans that are upset at Brian Kelly, I didn't get a chance. I don't know if I'm using this metaphor correctly, but if you're going to make the cake, you got to eat it too. Like Brian Kelly came to Notre Dame the same exact way and he left the same exact way. That's true. Yes, he did. Um, So there's no... He is who he is. Yes, like... There's a reason to be upset if you're looking at from the player's perspective that they were blindsided um, with this decision. Like, it sucks for them. But as a fan, I'm not upset that he decided to go to a better situation for himself and his family. Uh, but but is it better? Well, what he feels, at least. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. From his perspective, it's better. So, yeah, if you're going to make the cake, you got to eat it, too. Okay, uh, I will say, because Notre Dame fans can never have it good, Brian Kelly wins the national title before Notre Dame does. Uh, that's, <laughs> I'm just, it's Lob just, that grenade right Yeah, here. It's just stirring the pot. It's he just, probably doesn't even believe that. No, I think I do believe it. I just think that's the you way You just want to say that to make people mad. It's no, going to be really hard down there for him. Yeah. In that, I, in that league. Yeah, have, fun, have fun beating Saban. All right. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union has been serving the Notre Dame community for more than 80 years. That's 80 years of personal service to the ND family, putting people over profits. You're a share of values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. We'll take a quick time. I'll be back with, oh, yeah, they could still make the playoff, and we'll look through the scenarios right after this. Another Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays on Redeemer Radio. We know you like football. So do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day. Free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Touchdown! Welcome back on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Angel DiCarlo, Tom Noy from the South Bend Tribune filling in for Kevin Downey this week. Ilya Glasman on the other side of the class. It's uh, Conference Championship Saturday. Here are the college football playoff rankings. Georgia's one, Michigan two, Alabama three, Cincinnati four, Oklahoma State five, Notre Dame six. Those are the six in contention unless insanity happens. (laughs) Baylor is number nine. They're at Oklahoma State in the Big 12 Championship. Number one, Georgia at Alabama in the SEC Championship at 4 p.m. The Baylor game is at noon. Houston is number 21 at Cincinnati in the American Championship game. That's at 4 p.m. And at 8 p.m., number two, Michigan versus number 13, Iowa in the Big Ten Championship. Basically, the assumption is Notre Dame needs two teams to lose in front of them, and they get in. Um, So you would say Alabama loses. Mm -hmm. That's the big one. I mean, two teams, including Alabama, Georgia loses, they're in. No matter what, they're the only lock in this. If Alabama loses, though, uh, and then you're you're hoping Cincinnati, Michigan, or Oklahoma State loses and Notre Dame gets in, I have some concerns here. I don't know if Michigan loses if Notre Dame jumps in. Uh, Big probably 10. not. Strength of schedule. Again, you look at yeah, Notre Dame's eleven and one, but what's their best win? Real quick, what's their best one? It's no longer Wisconsin. Right. Well, well I Georgia mean, only has one top 25 win. But they're Georgia, and they're undefeated. Yeah, yeah I understand, but Michigan already has one loss. If they lose, especially at this time of the year, they're out. That's no, it. I don't, uh, I don't think it's going to happen. That I, Ohio State win, you look at the Ohio State yeah, win compared and to I Notre think, Dame. I think it's, and I think it's the Big Ten factor. The, the biggest thing that crushes Notre Dame 
is the fact that Wisconsin lost to Iowa. Yep. Or to Minnesota, excuse me. If Wisconsin had gotten to the Big Ten title game and and beaten Michigan, well, not wow, even that. even not even beaten them. If they would gotten to the, they would be number like eleven right now if yeah. they just won that game. Instead, they dropped out of the top twenty five altogether. Okay, um, I don't know if that happens. If Alabama loses, I'm now of the opinion that they are out and Notre Dame will jump them. Tom, I have been at the other side the whole time, <laughs> but I finally think it'll be the other way. You you don't know? I think well, I think it's going to be chalk today, but I'm rooting for chaos because I would love to see Notre Dame play in the playoff. But in, in deep down, I think Notre Dame's either going to the Fiesta Bowl or they're going to the Peach Bowl. Cincinnati loses, Notre Dame gets ahead of them? No. Yes. Ooh. No. Tom, Tom yes. doesn't think anything happens no, here. No, I don't think anything happens. Cincinnati beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. I didn't say it should happen. I think it will happen, though. That's the one I think. And I think Notre Dame gets ahead of Alabama now because of all this that happened. <laughs> they want Notre Dame in now. They do. I they, think they do. All right, real quick, give us your predictions on what you think happens. Well, he said he's already going chalk. Already I'm did. not going chalk. I'm, what do you, I have a little bit of an upset. I got Oak. I got Oklahoma State winning, unfortunately. I got Bama winning, unfortunately. You I got have, Bama winning. Yeah, I don't trust Stetson Bennett with even uh, if it was to my life. Uh, <laughs> I have uh, Cincinnati, unfortunately, winning, but I have Iowa winning. Oh, Oof. I I have Iowa winning too. That would be so. That would be so Big have, Ten if uh, Iowa beats Michigan. I have no choice but to have Iowa win based on my household. There you go. Um, but uh, I still am concerned that Michigan gets in over Notre Dame. I do think it is possible. That Notre Dame gets the benefit of the doubt now because of Matt. Marcus Freeman and the excitement. Because whatever they want to say, this is about ratings. It is. And Absolutely. I think that matters. Okay, if Notre Dame does not get into the playoff, uh, most likely facing Michigan State in the Fiesta Bowl, or if Cincinnati and Notre Dame both don't make the playoff, the Peach Bowl on December 30th versus an ACC champion. All right, we're out of time. Uh, that will do Done. it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. Thanks again to Tom Noy from the South Bend Tribune for filling in for Kevin Downey. For Tom and Ilya Glasman, I'm Angel DiCarlo. Notre Dame will spend the day watching college football, hoping for a bunch of losses and Notre Dame's opportunity to make the college football playoff as the Marcus Freeman era gets underway. Uh, we think we're going to have a show next week. Follow us on social media. We'll let you know. Thanks for joining us this morning on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Hi, this is Father Nate Wills. I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame mass. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech you, O Lord our God, that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of Mary our Lady, may we accept the joys and trials of this life and someday enter into eternal happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays.